I want to tell you a story to start off with. I'm going through a season in my own personal faith at the moment of going to try to be obedient to little prompts of the Holy Spirit. I've been asking myself the question, would I do what I do if I wasn't paid? And the answer is no, so I'm leaving. Uh, <laughs> it's so easy in my job for it to become uh, something that is just about what you do, not why you did it and the reason as to the why, which is so important for all of us to remember. But it's part of that obedient season that I'm in. I've been getting little prompts, and I'm just going to say this, of a little inkling in my mind during my day to kneel, um, to kneel down and to pray, which is totally bizarre. And so I've had moments where I might be walking home on the Upper Ratmines Road, and I kneel down and I say a little prayer, or I might be at home, or I might be wherever, I don't know, and the little prompts, and I had one happen during the week in the Swan Centre. <laughs> and I was walking through, and it was so busy, and I, I, it just came into my mind, and you know, kneel now, so I could see someone from the traditional parish coming towards me. <laughs> So I was, I'm not doing that. So I decided to tie my shoelace, like go down. <laughs> and I said, technically I'm kneeling. <laughs> and I went down on one knee and he saw me and he was really embarrassed. And so he took out his phone and went like this. <laughs> and I got up quickly and we caught our eyes and we had to say hello. And he's, uh, he said to me, actually, it's funny I see you here, I, I really wanted to chat to you about something. I've been trying to connect with you all summer. And so we had a great conversation and, uh, about something that's, that's really important for him. And he said to me at the end, he said, do you mind me asking you, uh, were, you were you kneeling or <laughs> doing your shoelace, sir? And uh, I said, well, it's kind of a bit of both, to be honest, but I'm just in that season of just responding to this little inkling in my own heart. And he just said to me, well, I wish I could be a bit more like that in my own rhythm of just doing things spontaneous. And so it's just an interesting story of, for me, of kind of being obedient in things that might look stupid, but turned out to be quite fruitful, not just for me, but for this man in particular. And in this season for me, when we're looking at the vision of the church, this theme of being invited to the table in this time of transition in Ireland, this time where people have faith and people who aren't of faith, and this huge transition that's happening. We wanted to afresh invite people in to this vision that God is giving us, whatever that might look like, whatever crazy that might look like. And this idea of being invited to the table is a very Irish thing. Uh, of having a meal together. So the vision is not just about something which is academic, but that we sit together and we listen and we learn and we clarify what it is God is calling us to, not just the how, but the why. Why, why do we do what we do, which is so important. And I was thinking of a story uh, when trying to write this sermon about vision today. About 10 years ago, 
actually more, about 18 years ago, I was a scout leader in the local troop. And every year we took a group of scouts away on a summer camp, about 30 of them. And this particular year, we were going barging. We were taking 30 young people on three 40-foot barges. It seemed like a good idea at the time. But this particular holiday, we had to go underneath this place. Does anyone know what that is? Spaghetti Junction in Birmingham. And when you're in a barge, it takes a long time to get anywhere. You go four miles an hour, people walk faster than you. And on the beginning of the day, we started off looking from a distance at this crazy view of Spaghetti Junction. And from a distance, it looked very confusing. It looked like there was no real structure. It looked like it wasn't coordinated whatsoever. But it was really interesting, as you got closer to seeing Spaghetti Junction, you realized one thing, and that was all of these networks and roads, all of these various confused, what looked like to be roads, were joining into one single route, a few smaller ones, but a main one, which was the M6, which you can see going through the middle. The middle. And vision's a little bit like that. If you stand from a distance, and even if you're in this community and you're, you're, you're at a distance or you're coming in or you're experimenting or you're, you're busy or whatever, vision can seem confusing. It can seem there's no real clarity or you can't see how you get onto that M6, as it were. But over this last season, we've been encouraging people to kind of track closer, to move closer to the vision God is calling us to, calling us to so we can see that sense of clarity for us as a community. Because I think heretofore, we haven't really had that clarity, but now as we consolidate and grow and move, this clarity is really important. And someone said something to me uh, recently, he's, he's a business guy and he works in the city, and he said, always remember this, Rob, this saying, which I'm trying to live at the moment, is people thrive in clarity. People thrive in clarity. And I think what that means is people need to have a sense of what's going on, they need to have a sense of the purpose, they need to have a sense of what we are doing and what the call of this church is. And the same was very different all the way back in the letter of Ephesians, when Paul himself started a new community. He begun it, he tried, if you like, to uh, together build and grow the church. And over a period of time, things became clearer things became more focused, and they began to clarify who they were. And we're very much in that season of a, of, as a parish at the moment. And Paul said this in Ephesians about the importance of bringing clarity. He says, keep your eyes focused and clear so that you can all see exactly what it is he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for us. Keep your eyes focused and clear so that you can all see exactly what it is he is calling you to do. And I think this metaphor of Spaghetti Junction, this, if we stand from a distance and we look and we don't track forward to see this, this purpose, how we fit in, it can seem confusing. It can seem uh, distant. 
And so this is a real invite to everyone, wherever you are, afresh into the vision and the life of this parish and this church as we join together in the renewal of all things. But the question I've been asking is, why does vision leak? And I don't want this, this talk to be all about the vision of the church, but why does the vision of God's love, the vision of God's uh, heart for you, the, the Word of God, the, the vision that He has for your life, why does, it, why does it leak? Why does it leak from our community? Why does it drift away? Why do we feel distant from things? Why do we feel uh, confusion? And I think there's three things uh, that Jesus talks very much about in the Gospels, which I had the uh, opportunity to reflect on over the last week. Three things that uh, mean vision will leak from us. And I think there's a slide there, Ella, uh, of this whole idea of, of vision leaking. And so we need to remind ourselves and bring clarity. There's three things. The first is busyness. I can remember I spent 10 years in the workplace. I was involved in the end in banking, but I, I, I was in the workplace. I know what it's like to be really busy. I know what it's like to be very conflicted. I can remember very clearly seeing church as just a little part of, of what I did, uh, and I could see why that was. It wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but busyness, uh, not just for people in the workplace, but for me too. If, if my whole life as a pastor is about being busy, and getting stuff done, and not kneeling in the Swan Center in a simple act of obedience in listening to what God is saying to me. It can become all about the how and the what and not the why. And so busyness is a real enemy of, of, of having clarity and hearing God. And that's why we're running a retreat in Manresa to create an opportunity for busy people who are doing great things in the workplace to have some space to stop and listen to the Word of God in the context of community. That, we're not doing that just to create something we're doing because this is what it's like for a lot of people today in a very busy world. And Jesus epitomized this in His ministry. He would often stop and He would retreat to a place, it says, a solitary place to listen and to stop and to hear. And He had to make that decision often to the detriment of relationship to some of his disciples because it was often a very busy time and things were happening and he often just said, I'm leaving this place and going to a solitary uh, location to hear. And so clarity and focus comes from listening, from slowing down, from creating opportunities to actually uh, not be so busy. Otherwise it leaks away in the busyness of life and I totally get that. I have it as well myself. The other thing is, at the moment, life seems very fragmented. Uh, I, I meet a lot of people in my pastoral ministry uh, over the last nine months, not just in the, the 12 o'clock, but in the traditional congregation as well. It's slightly different because they're older, but there's a lot of people in the 1030 congregation. There's a, you know, a, a, a partner, a managing partner in an accounting firm. There's property developers. There's people that are part of our church who are also uh, involved, but they're, they're, what I'm hearing is life seems very fragmented at the moment, very disparate. There's, there's, there's little peace. It can feel like a jigsaw without a, a surround. And so this is important to bring clarity and to bring focus, is actually to 
remind ourselves of the peace that God brings in the midst of a fragmented life where you feel pulled and torn and separated and twisted and ripped apart. And Paul knew this because Ephesus was very similar. It was a very fragmented society. And so the purpose of, of what we are trying to do in the midst of busyness and fragmentation is to bring people into that clarity and that focus together so we can immensely understand the glorious way he has for us. And lastly, this sense of change, listening and spending time with people, not just inside the church, but outside, so much change going on, so much shifting sand at the moment, young people leaving university and not knowing the future, people looking for jobs or transitioning roles in jobs, relationships changing, political situations changing, referenda, all sorts of things. There's a lot of change in the air at the moment. And so these three things of busyness, a fragmented life, a change, Paul experienced the exact same things in Ephesus in a different context. And he exhorted the church, he said, keep your eyes focused and clear so that you can all see exactly what it is he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for us. And so in that scripture, there's a few things going on. There is this idea of intentionality. Keep your eyes, focus, be clear, and grasp. It's a very intentional scripture. It's not a passive response from him. He's exhorting the people to keep, focus, grasp. And they're the things in busyness and a fragmented world and change that are really important as people of faith to do those uh, things together of keeping, focusing, and grasping. And how we're trying to do that as a parish is through these various ways that God is placing on our heart to bring clarity uh, to what it is he's calling us to because vision leaks and behind me, and I keep talking about it, uh, not so we're bored and annoyed, but reminding us and keeping our eyes focused and clear on what it is he's calling us to do. These values that he's placed uh, on our heart uh, for, as a community. I'm not gonna go through them all again, but I am gonna just say, a uh, next slide, Ella, how are we practically going to grasp, to focus and be clear on living out these values as a church and individually. And over this next season, we are being very intentional as a community, creating opportunities for you to, to grasp, to focus uh, on, on these areas in the midst of busyness, in the midst of change, in the midst of a fragmented life. This first value of the, the love of God is so foundational and I keep saying it as a community because if we drift away from that, again, the vision of this can leak. This basic understanding of the love of God, which I spoke a bit about last week, 1 Corinthians 8, which says in the next slide there, Ella, yes, we know that we all have knowledge. We all are involved in different things, if you like, but while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much, but the person who loves God is the one God recognizes, even if that means kneeling in simplicity in a busy shopping center. 
And that sense of love is so important for us as a community in the basic foundational level of a church. If you don't feel loved, if you don't feel connected, if you don't feel listened to, it just becomes a Sunday service. It just becomes something you do that is part of this fragmented world that you live in. But if you grasp, if you hold, if you focus, you'll find this sense of love permeating into your heart through the Word of God. And so how we're practically trying to do that is through many ways, but especially through these weekly community groups. Six weeks Bible study where we will dig deeper into God's Word and learn about how God's love practically sustains you in your workplace, university, college, job seeker, mother, father, whatever, through one John, which was a very, very interesting community, which was diverse. John was exhorting them to be clear in what the call God had for them. It's a really great teaching on creating authentic community, God's unchanging love in a changing world, and how to apply these in our lives and to those around us. And we have these three groups, because again, I know you get handouts, you get flyers, it's easy to forget, but I really encourage you, if you can, in the midst of a busy life, to look at these groups. We are doing them, they're only an hour and a half long. They will be really well run. We've got some great leaders, and there'll be good content, but also a place that you can be at peace in the midst of life today. They're behind me, group one, group two, group three. You can take a picture with your phone. You can email Ingrid at HTrinity, our office manager. And that's a really important way and I really encourage you, not so that we have big groups and that are success, but my heart is that they would create a sense of this place of peace for you. So that's practically with, with how we're actually bringing focus and clarity around what God's love looks like for us. Secondly, in this outward reaching or serving the city, what does that actually look like? It cannot just be one person up the front suggesting we support a few charities, or suggesting we have a few ideas to do this. It comes from the body. If we are a church where it's just me, or a few people, it will never be that living organism of diversity and the body expressing itself together. And so it's really important that uh, this, this this three-week practical study uh, which we're doing, next slide here, Ella, uh, this, yeah, this three-week practical study about mission and outreach, either in your workplace, your school, your college, your local area, or further afield, and the aim of these three sessions will be to teach further on mission and outreach as being vital aspects of the vision of Holy Trinity. And you know, we have people coming along to this who aren't even Christians, but they are passionate about these things in our area and in their own workplace. So going forward, what this looks like for Dublin City and beyond. And I think it's really important, again, to bring clarity that this is an invitation to the table for us. And we've staggered all these things, so they're not all happening in one week, won't be really busy, they're fragmented. And thank you so much to Ingrid in particular for working this through. They're diaried so that they're never more than two hours, and they're actually staggered over a few weeks. And then lastly, which this, these two values are best expressed practically in us coming together in worship. 
We have uh, this sense of embracing old and new. We have a man in this parish who's 100, Alan Gordon, and he loves what we're doing here at the 12 o'clock. He says, I'm never going to stand with my hands in the air, but I love what you're doing. Or we have someone else who is 90. Uh, very, she, she's lived in this area for years and years. More elderly part of the congregation. And we have people who've just been born a few weeks ago. And we have old and new together. A very unique thing on this island of two groups coming together in one setting. It's very, very unique. Often they repel, but the kingdom of God must, in its best clarity, be old and new together. And then this sense of serving the city, this idea that your work matters to you, obviously, but your work matters to God. And we just don't want to be a community that's all about this gathering. It's about the rest of your week. It's about what you are doing in the rest of your week really matters. So this is best expressed in our joint service next week at 11 o'clock. And I feel I'm working really hard uh, as the leader of this church with a group of people to try and create these opportunities for us. We're working really hard to actually bring clarity. And we need a reciprocation from the body in actually uh, being a part of this now. We need actually to come together more and grasp that which God is placing on our heart. And so next week, this joint service where all three congregations will come together at 11, we will do our best to craft a service that will express both. We have an outside speaker. We'll also be announcing the fact we're changing the times of our Sunday services. We've heard from people. We've, we've understood that time isn't working out the best on a Sunday, so we're changing our Sunday services. Everything will be earlier on a Sunday. We're also going to announce our new lay readers. We have three people who will be... Uh, uh, enthroned, I was going to say, three people who will be commissioned by the Archbishop on the 29th of September uh, in the cathedral. So there's a lot of things happening here, and there's a lot of things going, but, going on, but in order to bring clarity, but also for us to grasp and to be focused, it needs you as the body uh, to, to really come into this place uh, and join with us uh, in this new season, because people thrive in clarity. And the purpose of this, the best that I can, is to bring that clarity. So we're going to move into a time just a little bit about uh, praying for some of our staff in a few moments. Uh, we, we deliberately wanted to uh, make sure that we finished our worship a bit earlier. We're going to pray for our staff. But just a bit of clarity on, on, on some of the things that I'm doing this, this next season, uh, which are important, as I, I'm not just going through the Swan Centre kneeling in the most random of places so everyone can ignore me, oh, that is a part of it. Um, for me as the rector, uh, I am now the leader of the traditional parish, and we have two services each Sunday. A lot of people don't even know this uh, in the parish, and even the 12 o'clock. I'm the leader of the traditional parish, we have two services each Sunday, an 8.30 said communion service and a, a 10.30, currently 10.30 traditional service. And I also lead the Fresh Expression. And the Fresh Expression is a church plant, a brand new community that actually was started within this parish. And I now lead both of them. And we will have some people starting uh, to help me with that. Next slide here, Ella. Two new people starting, paid by the traditional parish to help facilitate growth in this new season. 
Ruth Jives will be helping with pastoral care and home visiting, and Jacob Reynolds, former director of IBI, will be the building's manager of the entire parish. Now, these names might not mean anything to you, but I, 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 I want to be clear, I want to be as concise as I can uh, in this season about what it is uh, that we're doing. And also in relation then, a lot of people have emailed me over the last while trying to get a sense of who's on board, who's on staff, uh, what do the staff do, and what areas of responsibility do they have. And so I'd like to take this, this opportunity for you to, to grasp and have clarity just around uh, our staff team uh, in the church and invite you uh, to the table, as it were, invite you to pray uh, for them. And so next slide here, Ella, I'd like you to invite forward uh, Ingrid Brennan, who's our office manager. Come on down, Ingrid, no. Well, this, Ingrid Brennan is our office manager. One clap, that was her husband. Uh, I need the handheld mic, Des, as well. Uh, Sherry is not here. She's currently away on holidays, but you'll know her. She is on sung worship. Joe Ambrose on youth. Uh, Bev is uh, family and children. And Gordon Pullen is volunteer coordinator and Sunday services. So if you have the handheld mic there, Debbie. Um, so I've asked these guys uh, some questions, and I've asked them for the reason, a uh, couple of reasons, but it's just so you can have clarity on just, hmm, poor little fella, it's okay. So I asked these guys two questions, and I also asked them to you as you listen to them, as these guys have done a lot of work in, in grasping and bringing focus and clarity to a lot of this in creating these groups, a lot of work. They do so much work behind the scenes on Sundays. They are paid by the church all in part-time capacity by your giving, at this 12 o'clock's giving, to facilitate the ministry in this church. And they're a great team who gives so much, often above and beyond what it is they're, they're paid for. I have to tell them to stop a lot of the time. I've asked them these questions. Uh, what do you do in the church? And what has God put on your heart as you serve in this role in this coming season? And as you listen to them, I ask the same to you, for you, particularly for the second question. What has God put on your heart uh, this coming season for us as a church? So I'm going to start with you, Ingrid. Yep. Hi, everyone. Um, so my role is the office manager um, and also the staff team leader. Um, it's a varied role, always busy. Um, I love it. Um, I do a lot of the church finances as well. Um, and I also spend a lot of time with Rob trying to figure out how we can put the vision of the church, the vision and the values that he's been speaking about this morning into the practical. Um, and so we're, we're working hard on that. Um, mm. And I'm really grateful for this job. I love it. Um, it's challenging. And these guys are great. So... Um, she's been so honouring to me. She says, <laughs> I'm really challenging, I think, what she's trying to hear in the midst of that. But yeah. yeah, they're challenging, and the work's <laughs> challenging. But um, The main focus on my heart, I have a few. Um, I think one of them is definitely to be the best that I can be in this role. Um, 
I think I'm being challenged to pray for Rob um, as the leader of this church um, more in that. So I, I, I want to do that. Um, and also, I think to um, appreciate the differences within the team. Um, we are all very different personalities. And uh, we were actually at a leadership training conference yesterday, um, Leading for Life, run by Innovista. And um, it spoke a lot into that. Um, and yeah, so I think I, I, I just want to um, appreciate those differences more. Um, I think also personally, um, I'm being challenged to cut out some of the junk um, just to, you know, when I'm cycling to work, to pray, to switch off the TV a bit earlier and read. Um, so little things like that to use my time wisely. Um, and I just wanted to share this scripture, which was um, actually shared yesterday at the leadership conference. Um, and it was from 1 Corinthians 12, 12. It says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. So. Well done, Ingrid. That's a good job. Hi there, everyone. Um, so as Rob said, I uh, coordinate the children's ministry here. Um, so from the three to fours up to the 12-year-olds. Um, so what that involves is um, coordinating the volunteers, getting people on board, and then the rota, just supervising that. We have team leaders then who look after the, each group. So I liaise with them and communicate as much as we can with the volunteers. Um, chat as a team with the other guys about Sundays and um, always thinking about how we can incorporate children into our services and make it as much their church as everyone else's and um, so that's um, a lot of what I do and then also before the summer break we coordinated a parenting course uh, following uh, parenting for faith and that was for children up to the age the parents of children up to the age of 10 and we're continuing that after the midterm break, we're doing, we're continuing the, that one now until the midterm break, and then we're after that, we're going to do parenting for teenagers, which will be really interesting. And um, so that, that would be my role, is uh, facilitating that course as well, um, communicating with parents, and um, going forward, I'd love to set up prayer group for parents and praying for our children. Um, so that's the kind of practical side of my job. Um, with regards to what's in my heart, um, I think my heart, if I think about like what is my heart, it's that this church and church, um, that the children would feel that it's completely for them as much as it is for everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, when I think about Jesus, I just love the way he loved children. And throughout the Bible, we're reminded that he, like I think, like he adored children he loved being with them he loved them being with him and scripture reminds us of that and i suppose my heart is that they would really know that and they would really know that this is their place as much as each one of us it's, it's for each one of us and each one of them and um, so that's definitely my heart for them that they would love coming here that they would feel that they are this is for them um, and then with their in their classes that that that, that the church building i mean and then in their classes I would just love them to be able to form their own little relationship with God, and um, that it's 
not that it's different from school. They learn about him and they do lessons and they read, but that actually they're learning to form a relationship with him themselves. So that really is my heart, that each child would know that God is for them individually um, and that they would form a relationship with him and us as teachers, that we can facilitate that as best we can, um, teaching them about prayer, um, modeling prayer, engaging them in prayer, um, so that they would take it on themselves to do that individually. I would love that for them. Um, and I also have been very struck recently by the idea that they're our future generation. Um, they are our future disciples. And I know, like, maybe four or five years ago, I got such a clear picture of, of the group of children who are in this community ahead of me, and God just saying, they're the future. They are our future, and we need to invest in them and he's investing in them. Um, and we're the, we're the facilitators, mm -hmm. we're the, just the vessels that can do that. So um, I'm so passionate about that, that, that these little guys and these young people are our future generation. And then again, over the summer, I was on a course and actually the, the opening scripture was that. And it's a scripture I, actually, I didn't know, it's from Psalm, Psalm 78 and it was, we will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. And I just think for children's ministry, that's so encouraging that we can do that, that we can tell them about what he's done, mm -hmm. what he's doing in our lives and what yeah. he can do in their lives. So I think that's, that's pretty much um, on my heart today. Thank you, Bev. I like how Rob's on the step up so that you know who the boss is here. <laughs> uh, hey guys, my name's Joe. Uh, there you go, look at that. Good leadership. Uh, I do the youth here in Holy Trinity. We have a youth group on Wednesday nights for 12 to 16 year olds. That's kind of the biggest thing. We're creating a little community and giving them their own space so that they know that uh, they can come there and be their own and have that space to ask their questions and take a step. Uh, themselves. We also always have a youth team where we get to join up with other young adults in the parish uh, and get them engaged and see them. Uh, half the fun is, half the fun for my job is hanging out with young adults. <laughs> That's why you make the team. Uh, but seeing them engage is incredible as well. Um, I think one big thing that's been on my heart is in the conference yesterday that Ingrid mentioned that we're at. Uh, they told the story of a college being built and having a big green in the middle of the campus, but they didn't lay any pavements. And they decided to come back in a month and see how people walked across the green and see what paths they made. And then they laid the pavements on where people were already walking. Uh, and that's a big passion of mine that we saw a bunch of youth coming up into secondary school and they were walking a path. And Wednesday nights was joining up with them and laying that uh, pavement with them. And so the thing that I'm feeling really pulled right now is you look outside and there's a massive green on Rath Mines and people are crossing over it in so many directions. Uh, and I feel real pulled with two secondary schools across the way and a leisure center that uh, there's a lot, of, a lot more pavements that we could be laying, a lot more journeys that we could be joining in on and a lot more spaces to create a lot more communities to build with that to kind of Yes, this church is amazing, yes, uh, the community here is special, but the parish is the parish, and there's so much more out there, so I'm very excited to step out in that and start laying some more pavements. Well done, Joe, that's great, thank you so much.
Gordon. Okay, my name is Gordon, and my official title is the Sunday Services Manager. So I take care of a lot of the stuff that you see and you don't see here on a Sunday morning. Um, anything from missing toilet rolls to lack of coffee to Bibles in the end of each pew, all of that kind of stuff is my baby. Um, and hopefully um, it'll be all done. Um, I also take care of the teams. We have some fantastic teams of volunteers here from the visuals to the sound, to the worship team, to the children's team, uh, to Joe's youth team. Scott is starting up a university young professionals team. So all of those teams I would have some responsibility for. Um, they all work independently of me, but I kind of oversee them all and I'm their, their port of call if anything goes wrong. Um, so I take care of invisible stuff and visible stuff. Um, and I set up and help them set up a lot of the rotas. And I just want to say thank you to all the volunteer teams who every week give of their time. Sunday just doesn't happen. Um, there's a lot of work goes into this before 12 o'clock and during the service itself. And I just want to pay special thanks to the teams of volunteers who give of their time and their talents as part of the ministry of this church. And my vision at the moment is of a bicycle wheel, which is a good symbol and everyone knows a bicycle wheel has a hub, and that hub is Jesus. And the spokes that come out of the bicycle wheel are the volunteer groups, the ministries, people's talents, they all come from that central hub of Jesus. He gives us the breath that Debbie talked about this morning, he gives us the life, he gives us the excitement, the passion that makes us do what we do. And those um, spokes eventually hit the tire, and that's where we impact the community outside of this building and we impact our lives and those spokes have to be all the same tension otherwise the wheel gets buckled and it doesn't do what the wheel should do so each of the spokes has to be healthy it has to be happy and um, it has to be productive it has to have vision it has to have support and I would hope that in our new initiatives this year, which are many and varied, and I'm very excited about them, that this bicycle wheel would really, really work. But it only works if we are all connected into the hub and then looking outward as well. That's my vision. Thank you, Gordon. <laughs> so could we, could we all stand together? Um, I just want to, before we go into our final song, just to, to pray for these guys, but also pray for our community. I, I know some people are here a few weeks, some people are here six years, some people are here a few years, and there's a real invite at the moment in our community for people to, to get on board uh, with, with various aspects of what we're doing, and that the invite to the table is exactly what we're trying to communicate with clarity. And if, if I just have a sense myself of the last while, there's just a little bit of a disconnect there. And it just sometimes feels that, that there's a few people doing uh, a lot of things, which is often the case, but now we need to widen the circle a bit to invite more people into it. And I say that as an invitation, not as a, a guilt thing or a you must do this, but the body needs you. It needs you to be a spoke and tightened and connected so that the world can be loved and refreshed. And so in this next season, we'd love you to pray. We'd love you to plug into these things. 
We'd love you to, to be a part of this uh, as we're really trying to bring clarity. And so I'd love to just pray for that, pray for our joint service. Uh, and so, Tash, if you could just get up and maybe uh, lead us into the next song. And we just spend some time in prayer as we close out of our time. Uh, and so let's do this together. And let's think of uh, what God is doing in our midst. Father, we don't want to be a community that stands uh, looking at Spaghetti Junction or looking at a buckled wheel. We want to actively be involved in tightening the wheel or bringing clarity in what it is you're doing. Lord, I thank you for this body. I thank you, God, for all the diversity. I thank you, God, for everything that is happening. And in this next season, though, we pray for you to move in a more powerful way for your glory. We pray for this team. We thank you for Ingrid, what she does in the office and beyond with vision and finance, for Bev, family, and all she's doing with the children, for Joe, with youth, and Gordon, and Sherry as well. Um, we thank you so much for this team. Build us into a body even more in this next season, God. Even if this is new for people today, that they would feel excited and encouraged by that invitation. Help us to be a community that is rooted in love, first and foremost. That we feel that love as a community. That we know that we are loved. And everything we do focuses on that hub of love. 